0: Monday. It's February 9th. And the word of the day is niggardly. And it means I'm a giant asshole who refuses to say stingy, tight-fisted, cheap, ungenerous, miserly, or parsimonious instead of the racist-sounding one. <laughs> Used in a sentence, it's usually a bad idea to use niggardly in a sentence. Niggardly? Please. I'm no illusions. Um, am right. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats.
1: On episode three, we'll wash our hands before eating and thereby become the unwitting
0: progenitors of a socialist plot. Delivering a non-ironic message with a twist of irony, Jew God resurfaces in Syria to help torture and behead a top ISIS beheading guy.
1: We'll learn why British men need to know that no yes means no. And we'll learn that it was
0: Brian Williams who took over that time Atlas Shrugged. But first, the Duo Tribe.
1: Sometimes the important thing isn't that you're stupid, it's how
0: you're stupid. There are plenty of perfectly harmless ways to be stupid, of course, like top-shelf premium bottled water. (laughs) But not all stupid is created equal, and unfortunately, the stupid that America specializes in is the dangerous kind. Yeah, and a new survey from the Pew Research Center, in collaboration with the American Association for the Advancement of Science, shows us that if you ask a stupid question... You might be an American. That was the theme in their results. Yeah, You'll likely give a stupid answer, too, if you were in charge mm-hmm. of the answers as well. Americans were bad with questions, and answers is what they found. So yeah, was
1: but funny. just to be fair, now, they only focused on things that matter. They didn't ask who Kim Kardashian was fucking or anything like that. Instead, they looked at a number of issues about which there is broad scientific agreement and asked Americans not only what they thought about those issues, but what they thought scientists thought. <laughs> right, how- Proudly stupidly. Oh, my God. Then they compared that to what the scientists actually thought, and the results are,
0: not surprisingly, depressing and frightening. Right. This must have been a tough survey to conduct for some of these. Some really fun calls. And mm-hmm. these are the same scientists that write the science books. Ain't that convenient? <laughs> yes, sir, that, that is That actually convenient. is that's convenient.
1: That's convenient. It's exactly kind of what convenient what means. We were going for that. And sadly, yes, that's the thrust of this thing. A frightening percent of Americans distrust science, which means, by extension, that a frightening percent of Americans
0: don't understand science. Right, because science isn't a thing you can trust or distrust. Your it's iPhone just works. Fact. It's fact. Yeah. It's testing what is and isn't correct empirically. When a sentence starts with, according to science, it's really saying, according to what actually happens. And so, yet, despite that, there
1: are plenty of people that want to quibble with reality. Now, granted... There are plenty of questions out there that are still wide open in science, you know, and and no scientific conclusion is set in stone. But science
0: only moves to the extent that it was wrong in the first place. Right. The method still makes sense. And sure, scientific consensus gets overturned from time to time, just like you said. But that exclusively happens when other scientists who knew the science do more science. No right. No scientific theory was ever adjusted based solely on the gut feeling of some guy who didn't get it. And mm, yeah, yeah, nor was the cutting edge of discovery ever redefined by somebody pointing out that science doesn't know everything. <laughs> and again, the type of stupid matters. It, I mean, if Americans consistently rejected the fact that, like... Argon has 24 known isotopes. That would be weird that they rejected that, but it'd be harmless ultimately. But it isn't the innocuous shit that we're getting wrong here. Well, well now, to be fair, about to find
1: out. we get the innocuous shit wrong, too, Just ask (laughs) those astrophysicists at QVC, is
0: the moon a planet or is it a star? So, correction, it isn't just the innocuous shit that we get wrong. That's better. For example, let's take a quick look at the top five things Americans most have their heads up their asses about in terms of science, according to this survey. At number
1: five, we have the fact that population growth will become a major problem. There's a 23-point gap between science and the general population on this one, with more than one-third of Americans seeming to think that there's just unlimited space for humans. Well, there's a bigger. And when I look out my window, there
0: ain't much folks in there. And the same survey shows an 18-point gap in feelings about the safety of the MMR vaccine. So the stupid people are trying their damnedest to make room.
1: Well, you know, you know true. I guess the 41% might accidentally be right here. <laughs> and at
0: number four, we have... Humans evolved over time. That's disputed Mm -hmm. in this country. Apparently. Despite 98% of scientists agreeing on this one, only 65%, less than two-thirds of respondents feel the same way after thinking about it using their highly evolved, complex-thought-capable human brains. So it's a 33-point gap on that one. And we learned that one-third of America thinks the jury's still out on the Scopes trial of 1925. So that's
2: that's
0: But with four additional points between America
1: and correct, we have number three, climate change is mostly due to human activity. Now, this one, clearly, like the last one, is the result of a highly motivated and well-funded disinformation campaign that has half of Americans not buying this whole a few generations from being
0: too late problem that we've started here. Yeah, because we all know how independent researchers all over the world are always getting together to misconstrue the findings of innocent petroleum companies. <laughs> yeah. have clearly what's going Damned on. Damned big science yeah. At number two, we have the belief by 68% of scientists and only 28% of people who responded that it's safe to eat food grown with pesticides. Now, okay, first of all, a fly swatter is a pesticide. Tabasco (laughs) sauce can be a pesticide. I like to think that the particular pesticide obviously matters. And I'm guessing the bad wording on this one might have caused the science number to be a little bit lower than it would have been otherwise. Right. And, and to be fair, there was a lot of pedant bait in this survey. Like,
1: I, I mean, if you average it out over a longer enough period, I'd think that the bulk of climate change is still caused by the planet that crashed into Earth to form the moon. So maybe <laughs> right. some percent meant that, too. <laughs> Relative, when you're dealing with scientists, you're probably going to get some pedants.
0: But Let's also remember the pesticide guys get in trouble if they become the homicide guy. Yeah, and exactly. The guys that investigate the pesticides and the guys that investigate the homicides. They both get in trouble if they have to keep showing up the same crime scene all the time. Nobody right. will be happy about that. A bunch of pissed off bosses. And finally,
1: coming in at number one, the fact that it's safe to eat genetically modified foods. Or food. Exactly. I I'm food. i that. Scarcely a third of Americans agree that there's a scientific consensus on this one. 51 points behind the actual overwhelming scientific consensus. <laughs> now, some might not think this, is, uh, this kind of denial is as dangerous as the climate change thing or as egregious as the evolution thing, but
0: GMOs save lives, and a lot of them. Guys, Gregor Mendel was making GMO beans in the 1860s, <laughs> and he was getting cancer because he figured out the yellow seeds are dominant over the green seeds. People had too many yellow seeds, and had cancer. And in some sense... All the O's are G, M, so... Yeah, right. There are no O's with their original G's, but even if we
1: move beyond the gross misunderstanding of the language and actually listen to what they think that they're saying, look... We done did the science. Right. We continue to do the science. These particular foods are over here are indistinguishable from these ones over here. So, and, and investments in GMOs and the commercial viability of GMOs is essential to the continuity of the industry. All these misinformed chicken little labeling attempts have real-world consequences, and
0: let's face it, so do all other denials of science. Yes, being wrong as a matter of personal policy is usually detrimental or public policy when you add up all the stupid persons. No kidding.
1: Now it's worth noting that this was part of a much broader survey about American attitudes about science and it wasn't all bad news. One of the most striking things I pulled out of the data was that 70% of Americans agree that government investments in engineering and basic scientific research usually pay off and 61% say that government investment is essential for scientific progress. I would love to compare (laughs) those numbers to Congress's answers.
3: Heath, Noah, have a seat. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Is this your chair? Now, I asked you here because the Illuminati tells me that you're their best false flag operatives. Have you been briefed on our needs? Yeah, so you need to get rid of some bank
0: records in the basement of World Trade Center Building 7, right? That's right,
3: exactly. Now, can it be done? Of course, man. We've got it all worked out. Oh, excellent, excellent. So what's the plan?
0: All right, so we're going to hire some Saudi terrorists to hijack two planes and then we're going to have them fly those planes into the Twin Towers. So, well th- that seems a little hard. Well, no, no, hold on. Then while everybody's looking at the plane wrecks, we're going to blow both buildings up with a controlled
3: demolition along with building 7. So it'll Okay, so right away, this is striking me as overkill. Oh, and we could use hologram planes. We could use what? <laughs> we're not gonna use hologram no,
1: planes. No, dude, remember That's we ridiculous. talked about we could
3: cover the missiles. I told with you the we're not doing the hologram planes. Fine. It complicates okay, fine, it a lot. fine,
0: real planes,
1: whatever, every fucking time it's gonna be with No, you but want it just,
3: it go. strikes me that there's probably an easier way to do this. No,
1: no. no.
3: Well, no, but cause we, we, we were thinking, you know, like a, you know, maybe a computer virus, something like that. Uh That shit's harder
0: than they make it look on TV. Trust me, you want to go just basic strategy. Airplanes into buildings mm-hmm. followed by controlled demolition and collapse of nearby buildings. Yeah. It's basic stuff.
3: Hey, can I have one of those mints? Uh, I'm uh, taking one of these mints. Help, help yourself. No, But you, do you... You don't think just running the airplanes into the buildings would do the trick? Yeah, well,
0: if you want them to fall all regular at gravitational speed, but we want these fuckers coming down fast, right? I mean. Why? What do you mean why? <laughs> you want them falling at normal
1: pace? That would me, be come on. What weird, the fuck is this guy suspicious. talking about?
3: But do you have any idea how much harder that would make this? I feel like you want me to say Yes. But uh, do do you guys even know how controlled demolition works? No, but that doesn't matter in this case. I'm pretty sure it matters. It doesn't matter. Trust me, all the knocking out
0: walls and precise calculations, that's just for show. You cram a bunch of ladyfingers into these walls, the thing's coming down. It's not really a question of... But even
3: if that would work, wouldn't people see the explosions on camera? Not if we use nanothermite. Is that even a real thing?
0: Yeah. No, yeah, it's real. Definitely.
3: That's used to bring down buildings? We didn't say... Anything yeah. as specific as that, but we're gonna be using uh, well, how the hell what, do you plan to get all of those explosives into the building in the first place?
1: I could uh dress up like a pizza guy. <clears throat> I, I'm, we, we we could dress we, up like pizza guys.
3: Are you kidding me? Do you know how
1: much explosives that would take? Uh yeah, Heath did some calculations. Really on like hundred thousand pounds.
3: Did, did you say hundred thousand pounds? No, remember we were gonna do the the thermite. Take a million pounds. A million, a million pounds? pounds? Do you have any idea how much that's going to
0: cost? Come on. That's a drop in the bucket compared to all the money you're going to be paying to silence the thousands of necessary
3: accomplices. So let's relax
1: about. And the timers we're going to need for that shit. I mean, we're going to have to invent new technology to make that shit work. We need fancy timers.
3: Can't we just like hire a crooked janitor with a magnet or something like that? buddy. You hire the Illuminati, you
0: get the Illuminati. We're crashing these planes into these two pre-laced with explosive buildings to distract from the controlled demolition of Building 7, or you can go take care of the shit yourself. Seriously. Okay, oh, I'm getting a little no, frustrated.
3: okay, I'm not saying no. You want it or not. I just, you, you know, I just need to process all of this. Understood. Figure it out. Now, obviously, I don't have to tell you guys that this meeting is above top secret. We can never have a word of this leak out to anyone.
0: Yeah, don't worry. We're only going to leave really hard to figure out clues. C- clues? Clues? Why would you leave clues? We have to sign our work. It's Illuminati Illuminati policy. But don't worry. We're going to leave really, like, subtle, shape-based clues that only really clever bloggers will be able to figure out. So
3: That's a terrible idea. We don't want anyone to figure this out. Don't worry. If they do figure out that we hijacked
0: two planes, laced the nation's two largest buildings with a million pounds of thermite explosives, and then used non-existent timers that melt away completely in the explosion without leaving a trace, only a complete idiot would believe that story. So... Oh, okay. Pretty much no, yeah, no. airtight. Gotcha. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat, no illusions. Noah, we've been getting a lot of questions about this. What do you think the physicians do about those erections that last more than four hours? Because well, they get contacted Well, if I had that. to guess, or cheat by checking WebMD
1: beforehand, I'd say they start with ice packs, and then, if unsuccessful, move to the increasingly terrifying progression of surgical ligation, intracavernous injection, a surgical shunt, and finally aspiration, which sounds less horrifying than the other options, only if
0: you don't know that it means inserting a needle into your dick and drawing out the blood. And now you know. So, before we get started with headlines, let's check that frenetic American pulse Noah, trending this week on Twitter was hashtag Star Wars schmovies. For example, Jedi's Wide Shut or some like it Hoth. I'm sure you get the idea. Would you like to play or pass? I, I think I got one. How about um, Darth Maul Rats? Like the, <laughs> an exploration of Palpatine angst. <laughs> Recapturing the youth market with a staple of 70s cinema. Always a good move, just to ask Lucas. What about... Obi-Wan flew over the Dooku's nest.
1: Oh, nice, nice. You get two points for that. And then at the end,
0: Darth Vader could just use the force on the water fountain. I like it. (laughs) And This week's random stranger winner was at Darth Coffeeus, and his Star Wars schmovie was gone in 60 parsecs. Well done, at Darth Coffeeus. Bonus points for mocking the incorrect use of a distance unit as a time unit. I will say I enjoyed the tweet more than I enjoyed the remake, so there you go. In our lead story tonight, America's ex-most trusted news anchor, Brian Williams of NBC Nightly News, took a helicopter ride in Iraq back in 2003. This much we know. About an hour later, some other helicopters without Brian Williams inside also took a ride, during which they dealt with enemy ground fire that took one of them down. Brian Williams heard about this later that day. Sounds uncomfortably warm, but otherwise uneventful. Right. Then, 12 years of what Brian Williams calls War Fog moved in, slowly clouding his brain, and he eventually managed to conflate his perfectly safe chopper ride with the one that got hit by rocket-propelled grenade fire and crash-landed without him in it. Uh Uh-huh. And then, just when several soldiers finally insisted on publicly contradicting Williams, the War Fog magically lifted, and he unmisremembered enough to confess the inaccuracy last week and attempt to Brutal apology. Now, I, you know what? I, I want to do my due diligence as a skeptic here and point out that memory conflation
1: is a real thing. It's very possible to exaggerate your own role in a story without even realizing that you're doing it, even to the gross degree that Brian Williams did it here. So when you remember something, you're recreating it. You know, you're know, you not looking at a video of it. And the next time you remember it, you're recreating the recreation and so on. So like, since Brian Williams has very little to gain – and everything to lose from lying about this ultimately easy-to-invalidate story, I don't doubt that when he was telling the story, he actually believed it was true, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, that being said, there's a reason there's no class in journalism school called Remembering Really Hard
0: 303. <laughs> Very good point. And it should be noted that his recounting of the event evolved like that of an eight-year-old that caught a fish in a pond, right. eventually regaling hundreds of recess-goers with his tale of catching giant marlin off the Havana coast with <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. So <laughs> is, is let start with was telling the story soon after it <laughs> happened in 2003. Quote, The Chinook ahead of us was almost blown out of the sky. End quote. That's close. So, yeah, well, he's already about 60 minutes into the future right. <laughs> compared to what actually happened. But it's only been a few months with the war fog at this point. So fast forward to 2013 during a Letterman appearance, and Williams is on the chopper that gets shot down. So now 60 minutes plus a giant amount of distance, and he's in the uh-huh. chopper. And then most recently, while reporting on a tribute to a soldier during a recent New York Rangers hockey game, Williams described his chopper being shot down by an RPG crash landing and being rescued by a mechanized platoon that no, no transformers showed with... up
1: <laughs> good thing he doesn't have one of those jobs where it's really important to be trustworthy <laughs> any anymore
0: i'm guessing, we'll I'm just see. guessing. we haven't Not aired really. yet we haven't aired yet tick tock for more on this story we turn to our own lucinda Lusions, who is live at a press conference where brian williams is about to address the media lucinda are you there
2: yes i am Heath.
0: lucinda it sounds like you're in a helicopter because i am Aren't you supposed to be on the ground at a press conference?
2: The press conference was attacked by terrorists, Heath. Luckily, Brian defeated them single-handedly, and we narrowly escaped in this helicopter he had on the roof.
0: Sounds harrowing. How many terrorists were there?
2: Pretty much all of them, Heath.
0: I see. What was that noise, Lucinda?
2: Missiles, Heath. It looks like we're going down. I'll be sure to...
0: Sounds like we lost Lucinda there. Hope she's okay. And in consent of a woman news tonight... UK Director of Public Prosecutions Alison Saunders recently proposed changes to the law that would make it easier for prosecutors to succeed in getting rape convictions. And here's why she did that by the depressing numbers. Estimates suggest around 85,000 women are victims of rape every year in the UK, and 90% of them can identify the guilty party. However, the latest count shows that only about 15,000 of those incidents were reported, And of about 3,000 that even made it to court, only about a third of those led to convictions. The new laws would define consent now as an active yes, whereas the old wording defines it more like anything lacking an active no. So, in other words, defendants wouldn't be able to dismiss a rape charge simply by claiming there was never a direct no. See, what we need, I think, is more men raping men. You know
1: I shit you know they, they, they make that a real issue. this shit's going to get sorted out quick I, I mean i 'm not like endorsing man on man ass rape per se i'm just saying <laughs> no, of course
0: not per se <laughs>
1: sometimes you've got to destroy a village to save it. like the only reason rape laws are so behind the times is that men aren't worried about getting raped. you know there's like nobody ever asked you if you
0: specifically told the mugger he couldn't have your wallet. <laughs> Sadly, these proposals have been somewhat mischaracterized by opponents as a shifting of the burden of proof from the state to the accused in this particular type of case. UK celebrity lawyer Nick Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Loophole, is one of those people. (laughs) Sounds trustworthy. Doesn't he? Here's a statement from Mr. Loophole Freeman. Quote, Ms. Saunders touches on a serious point since consent is an issue in... 80% 80% of rape allegations, end quote. What? 80. Now, <laughs> I'm not a legal expert like he purports to be, but I'm quite certain that number is more like exactly 100% <laughs> b- of cases involve consent, I think. <laughs> now, of course, that is by no
1: means the end of the that guy saying dumb shit portion of this evening's show. <laughs>
0: no, it is not. So the guy who thinks one out of five rapes is consensual whatever the fuck that means he responded to this news with some advice for british gentlemen that wish to continue getting laid even as it becomes you know more of a risky type of thing from a legal standpoint now and his suggestion is for guys to carry around consent contracts also known as contracts (laughs) yeah and have potential bedmates fill out and sign your contract before proceeding to the sexual activity furthermore he says, it's only really valid, the contract, if witnessed by a sober friend. Or a so,
1: notary pubic. Right.
0: So, so now you have to talk somebody into driving everybody home and bearing witness to several legal documents throughout the evening. It's getting ridiculous. It, so it all sounds awkward. But most importantly, once she signs the form, uh, you can rape her now. Isn't that going to be a problem with the system? Ladies, by the way, if this wasn't already completely obvious, do not sign a consent waiver ever. <laughs> Don't do that. You
1: it's not
2: intelligent.
0: It's... But
1: now to Mr. Loophole's credit here, carrying around a bunch of will you fuck me check this box cards will certainly keep you safe from having any consensual sex. <laughs> so do
2: it.
0: At least there's no <laughs> chance of a false accusation there. Hold on, I'm told we're back in communication with roving reporter Lucinda, Lucinda Lucinda, where are you now?
2: Somewhere in the Atlantic, Heath.
0: Glad to hear you're okay. How did you survive the helicopter wreck?
2: Brian wrestled some sharks to death and then lashed them together to make us a raft.
0: I see. Should we send the Coast Guard after you? Or? Uh,
2: no need, Heath. Brian said he has a plan.
0: And has he said anything about
1: Got, his...
2: Gotta go, Heath. Terrorists have gunships on the horizon.
0: Terrorists have gunships?
1: Looks like we've lost the signal once again. And in My Chemtrail Romance News tonight, reporters for a Las Vegas television station have discovered precisely how long sane people can pretend to take Chemtrail conspiracy seriously. (laughs) And the answer is through the end of sweeps. (laughs) Local conspiracy theorist Malcolm Harris convinced the station to run a weeks-long expose on what he and other crazy people believe to be a government plot to control the weather and or deliberately poison (laughs) people to death. By using mysterious chemicals seeded into the environment through secret compartments in commercial aircraft. I would. What you do? That? Right. Well, no. He right. offered rock solid evidence, like pictures of weird clouds and anecdotal reports of abnormal levels of aluminum in his daughter's hair, which oh, is apparently God. all Poor it self. takes for KLAS TV 8 News now to run a fear mongering bit of paranoid batshittery shittery for a couple of weeks about it.
0: <laughs> I hadn't heard about his daughter's hair. Sorry. Well, yeah, right, exactly. No. Why You're would privy to all the new shit? Why would the government? Secretly poison everyone. How does that... Including themselves. They live here too. (laughs) And if this was a covert weather control operation, why would they want... To control weather in a way that kills people. And even if they were doing both of those things, why wouldn't they just use invisible secret airplane poison? Just right, well, spray some icane cane powder up there. this. Just, <laughs> doesn't make any sense on four different levels. Well, you're using magic shit that doesn't exist.
1: Why not? I have to say that, to their credit, the station investigative reporters ultimately exonerated this secret race of shape-shifting lizard people that control the world government. So Weird. clearly the lizard
0: people already got to them. And we've got Lucinda back. Lucinda, are you okay? We are,
2: Heath. Where are you now? We're inside some kind of submarine. Uh, after scuttling the terrorist gunship from our shark raft, Brian Williams pulled me several thousand leagues underwater, pried up in the doors to the submarine with his bare hands, subdued several Nazis using jujitsu, and now he's hacking their cryptography machine.
0: Well, it's great to hear you're okay, but it sounds like you're... In the early 1940s, could you elaborate on that a little bit?
2: Right, I forgot to tell you. Brian Williams built a makeshift flux capacitor while the chopper was crashing, then he generated 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. Uh,
1: I, I'm sorry, Lucid. are you sure those weren't gigawatts?
2: Quite certain, Noah. The key to time travel, as Brian explained, is the mispronunciation of basic units of measure. So it was 1.21 gigawatts.
0: Great Scott! How did he produce so much energy?
2: by flexing his pectorals in rapid succession. Anyway, somehow we ended up in 1941, so we're just going to help wrap up World War II, kill Hitler, and then we'll probably head back home, Heath.
0: This all seems a little unbelievable. Lucinda, do you have any evidence of any of this actually happening?
2: Oh, don't worry, Heath. Uh, Brian assures me we won't need any.
0: (laughs) (laughs) None of this really happened at all, did it? Uh,
2: Brian and I have been uh, sitting at a Starbucks this whole time. Heath, uh, don't tell NBC. That sounds about right. Yeah, sorry.
0: About that. And in Fight for Your Shite Tea Party News tonight, Republican Senator Tom Tillis spoke at the Bipartisan Policy Center last week, pushing his plan to deregulate the urinary and fecal content of food at restaurants by removing the post restroom hand washing policy for workers. Finally, remove it. That's what he said. As a libertarian who's unaware that his Silly ideology backfires on issues exactly like this one. He feels the government is grossly overstepping its bounds by telling us when we can and can't have shit and piss on our hands while serving food to a bunch it, of people.
1: It's good to see though that somebody's finally moving beyond the safe issues and <laughs> also beyond the controversial issues and going straight ahead to the what the fuck is wrong with you stuff.
0: Every restaurant owner should have the option to choose on this one, as long as they post a, uh, I guess, a biohazard sign on the door, or what many are calling full piss closure. In one of the worst misinterpretations of Adam Smith in history, Tom Tillis believes in an invisible hand that washes the market.
1: Now, <laughs> so, now but to Tillis' credit, he denies having said that, and he also says when he didn't say it, he was kidding.
0: <laughs> so, now, I can see why we don't want the government to be, you know, overly paternalistic in some sense, but... This isn't one of those fucking times, you idiot. Your dad is supposed to force you to wash the shit and piss off your hands before you touch food. Right. That's a yes, good exactly. paternal Aren't or maternal there, thing like, to do. are there places where you can stop being a libertarian just for a minute? <laughs> I mean, sure, yes,
1: the market would probably sort that out. When people stopped going to the restaurant, that kept giving them bacterial infections, right. but can't we just assume that nobody wants to eat piss and ball sweat without anybody getting bacterial infections? Let's infection?
0: just get straight to that equilibrium of no shit and piss, we yes. can all agree on. I would think, Plus, well, all of us but him. there's already a system for putting up a sign outside your restaurant when there's fecal matter touching the food, and that sign has a large letter F next to the word condemned, right. and sometimes also next to the words for sale. Yes. But, just in case this does become the new optional rule somehow, I'm guessing restaurants are going to need a better way to say prepared with shit and piss on our hands for the poster on the door. So, Well, luckily, we just happen to have a
1: group of unpaid, underage Guatemalan <laughs> orphans handy that can do that for us. So what do they come up
0: with for us this week? All right. Uh, here's their first one. Um, may contain allergens such as digested peanuts. <laughs> Subtle. I like it. The, the, the suggestion, not the eating of shit nuts. Also, gluten-free options available by request. Same goes for all our shit.
1: You know, I, I think I know a few people that would buy feces if you labeled it gluten-free. I, I, I like where they're going. Right. Read the Um They also had parties of one or more have scatuity added automatically. I think it's important to emphasize that the amount of fecal matter is going to depend on your propensity to tip. <laughs> good call.
0: <laughs> also, good.
1: Uh, all of our loaves pinched fresh on the premises. Well, no. Okay, wait a minute. But that would only be true... If everybody made them wash their hands when they got to work as well, and that's a clear violation
0: of their <laughs> civil liberties, apparently. So anything else? Uh, how about we accept MasterCard, Visa, Amex, Eat Shit and Diners Club? I love that even our Guatemalan orphans know that nobody takes Discover.
1: <laughs> it's like they
0: really know back-of-the-house <laughs> restaurant one more for us. This one's an audio message instead of a poster. It says, uh, our ingredients are the same no matter which location you're in. See, high-quality piss jokes. That's what we're about here at the Skeptocrat. High-quality piss jokes. Subtlety in urine.
1: Move over, Oscar Wilde. Here comes Heath Enright. Oscar Wilde did piss jokes, didn't he? (laughs) If not, that's why he has to move over.
0: And that's going to do it for episode three. Thanks to No Illusions for all the researching, writing, recording, editing, and general doing of all the stuff. And who, I'm told, has genitals that could power a DeLorean without the plutonium. Thanks to his lovely wife, Lucinda, for telling me that and for patronizing Brian Williams for a few hours while he makes shit up. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening and please keep telling your friends. And if you're feeling that same chemistry that I'm feeling, and I think you are, please feel free to send us gifts of earthly currency at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more unsolicited dick jokes free of charge, check out our sister podcast, The Skating Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from SkatingAtheist.com. And we just have one last thing. That would be the penist compliment. Special thanks to the man with the music, Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the infectious musical stylings you heard today, and we do have his permission. And once again, you can check them out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next week, catchphrase sign-off.
2: Of basic units of measure. You said munits. Munits. Shouldn't have that bong hit before the ball.